Hello, and welcome to the Essentials of Faith program. Have you ever noticed how some people complicate even the simplest Bible teachings as though God's hiding something from us? Maybe you've been frustrated in your search for meaning in life. I have great news. God knows just what you need, and you did not find this program by happenstance. We will unpack essential truths from Scripture that will change your life forever. What's more, you will discover a new and vibrant experience with God. I hope you're ready. And now, here's your host, author, speaker, L. David Harris. Peace and blessings, listening friends. We know that you could have chosen to spend your time doing any one of a number of things, but I am excited that you have chosen to invest your time with us. This is L. David Harris, your host, and I'd like to welcome you to an all-new program for 2017, the Essentials of Faith program. And, you know, I, I've been waiting to do something new. I've been, you know, broadcasting all sorts of programs for many years and a few I'm doing now, but I've wanted to do something new and very simple uh, to help people understand the scriptures. And so that's why this program exists. And not just to understand the scriptures, but to be able to um, enjoy a new and fresh relationship with Jesus Christ. So we are going to start our maiden voyage with this program with the subject, God's love for me. God's love for me. And we're going to uh, use for our consideration, John chapter three, verses 16 and 17. And that's probably uh, one of the most well-known uh, passages in scripture, even by people who don't know the Lord, uh, people who may even hate him, God forbid. Uh, but this is one that, although it's familiar and, it, you know, it's simple, uh, it can be simple. Uh, sometimes people overcomplicate it. So we're going to begin with John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And today I'm going to be using the King James Version of the Bible and uh, before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. This is uh, one of the most valuable principles when it comes to uh, studying the Bible. Prayer is essential. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the opportunity to open your word and not just open, uh, not just read, but to get to know you better. And so I'm praying, Lord, that for all of the people listening and even for me, that we will um, learn to love you learn to appreciate all that you have given for us, and that the Holy Spirit will change our lives forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so again, we are uh, studying today, very briefly, uh, the title, God's Love for Me, and I'll call it part one. We'll be using John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 for those of you who have just joined us. And so I'm going to be stopping at different junctures in uh, the text so we can understand it better. So the Bible reads uh, in verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I hope you heard that loudly and clearly. We're going to begin with the first phrase of verse 16, the first phrase, for God so loved the world. Now, 
Did you get that emphasis? So loved. So loved. Now, what does that mean? I know it's a tiny little word. It's only two uh, letters, so I don't want to make too much of it. But I'm getting the sense of an intensity with this version of the text. Has anybody ever said to you, I love you so much and you can you can you can feel it, you know, I love you so much. And I said that recently to my wife because I do. I love her so much. Have you ever gotten um, a letter or a card? I know I'm, I'm showing my age because we're talking about letters and cards where you could just feel that that person loved you so much. You have that that intensity. And so we're going to talk about that just a little bit, but we're going to talk about the love that God has so much of for us, okay? Just a little bit. And of course, in uh, this text in the New Testament of the Bible, it's, it's Greek. The original language for this text is Greek. And the Greeks had more words to define love than we do in the English language and perhaps many of the other languages that you may know. And so we're going to go with uh, first eran or eros, which is a sensual, passionate, or basically physical kind of love. You know, it's it's good. You know, if if you're married and you have a sexual love towards your spouse, that's a good kind of love. Uh, there's an infatuation that can fall into this category as well for those who may not be married. And people say they quote love. They have fallen in love at first sight. Well, that's not that's not possible. It's it's more of an infatuation. It's sensual. It's passionate. It's it's basically physical. Now, there's another kind of love called philine or philios, from which we get the term Philadelphia. And that kind of love is sentimental. It's emotional. It's brotherly love. It's sisterly love. It's respectful. It's reciprocal. But it can be affected by affected by circumstances. That's why it's reciprocal. So if if somebody shows you the kind of brotherly or sisterly love, then you may do so in return. That's the kind of love. But then comes this special kind of love. That's that's from this verse. When God so loved the world, he agapon, agapao, or agape. You've heard of agape love. That kind of love is heavenly. This is this is special. It's almost exclusively used in the Bible. Almost, I said. Uh, to be, and it means to be dearly fond of, based on its regarded value. Now we're going to come back to that uh, briefly in a moment. It's it's to be dearly fond of, based on its regarded value. This kind of love is unconditional. It means to take pleasure in. You know, the Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 3, and I believe also in Luke chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized in, in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and there was a voice heard from heaven. It was the Father speaking. He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so this agapao or agape love is a manifestation in the life of the person that pleases the originator, well. Okay, this kind of love actually has the power to change the one loved for righteousness' sake. I hope you're paying attention. This kind of love sacrifices all for the one loved. Now, this is why it's heavenly, because, you know, how else would someone sacrifice all? when And all is a big word. 
And so when God so loved the world, he gave all. And we're going to talk about his all in a moment. And so this is, this is you could consider it to be the principle or the primary principle of heaven's government. The Bible says that, that God is love. God is love. And, and so everything that God does, all of his principles, all of his commands, everything that governs uh, heaven is love. God is love. So this is a high principle, not like the other two uh, that we mentioned before. But let's talk about the all that God gave in the next phrase. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, we sort of covered that, that he gave his only begotten son. Now, this is very special. God so loved you that he gave what or whom? And of course, the answer is his best, his best. Now, this is a special kind of gift. Because the Bible says that he gave his only begotten son. Now, sometimes people get tripped up because of the term only, as though it's an exclusive term. Uh, you know, the Bible says that to, to, to as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And uh, we see in the book of Job also that, that the Bible says that the sons of God came and, and began to have a conference about the life of Job. And we see, you know, in other places in the Old Testament, we, we hear that the sons of God did all kinds of things, right? But this son is the only begotten. So this son is the special one-of-a-kind son, not just a son. If you have 10 sons and one of, them's, one of your son's name is Josiah, I have a son named Josiah, then the only one named Josiah is that one-of-a-kind son. But in this case, we're talking about uh, not just a son like how I can procreate with my wife and we have a child. This son, it's supernatural. It's a special thing. The Bible says, um, great is the mystery of God or godliness. God became a human or a man. And so this son, according to John chapter 10 and verse 30, uh, Jesus speaking, uh, this son is actually um, one with the father. So just as God the Father, as we call him, is eternal, self-existent, all-powerful, the Son, this Son, too. But the Bible says in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son made of a woman made under the law. And then, of course, the gift of his Son was so that we could have eternal life. And so this only begotten Son divested himself of himself so that he could be subject to death. He could give his life for you and for me, that if we, according to the text, would believe in him, we wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. We'll come back to that. We have only a couple of minutes left. Are you ready for this? And so when God gave Jesus Christ to give his life for you, He was doing something very special. Now, we're going to transition to the next phrase to get a picture of what was so special about it. And of course, we're leaving out a lot because we're going to come back to you multiple times, right? The Bible continues that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice the word whosoever here. Does that mean you? Does that include you? 
Are you a murderer? I won't take for granted that you're not a murderer. Are you a murderer? Are you a drunkard? Are you a womanizer? Some of these things I've done, not these necessarily, but some of these sins that people consider to be the worst, and sin does afford us eternal death if we don't repent. Are you a whore? Are you a narcissist, a gossiper, a religious bigot? Whosoever. And so this gift of love that God has given to all, is for whomsoever. Did you hear that I that was redundant? I said all and whosoever. So this is inclusive of anyone who will believe. God gave his son to whoever will believe. Now, what does it mean to believe? Now, this is a big word. To believe is not just to have an assent to truth. I believe that there is a God out there somewhere. No, this, this kind of belief is a saving sort of belief. It's the kind of belief like the love that we reference that actually changes the life of the person or facilitates change in the life of the person who possesses it, who possesses the love, who receives the love, who believes in him, in God. This kind of uh, belief says, Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner and there's nothing I can do to change myself. But Lord, I'm, I'm willing to give myself to you so that you can change me. I know that I need your help. I want to be saved, God. And so I accept this blessing of Jesus Christ and for all that he's done for me, all that you have done for me, and I submit my will to you. And that kind of belief changes our lives so that, continuing in the phrase in our last little bit here, so that we won't perish but have everlasting life. Now, this life everlasting is, is, is in two parts. One, we can have uh, uh, the quality of life that we can continue with God until Jesus comes in a life relationship. And when he comes, he will give us immortality where we will have no more death, no more crying, no more pain because the former things are passed away. God did not send his son, verse 17, into the world to condemn us, but that the world through him might be saved. So God is not up there spying on you, looking for a way to condemn you. God loves you, and he loves you so much, so much, that he gave his only begotten son, so that if you believe in him, you can have everlasting life. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. Always remember, the revelation of God's word gives light. It provides understanding to the simple. Until next time, be at peace.